0: The greatest fighter that ever walked. Ah. Meet Matilda, comedy of the year. A kangaroo! I love that.
1: B-U-Dou-L-S-H-I-T. New word. A-R-T-I-S-T. Spells bullshit artist. I say again, bullshit Shit artist. Hello, Old Sport. You are listening to I Saw It in a Movie, an advice podcast co-hosted by your friendly cinematic pals at Movie John. I am the Old Sport and classic coroner, Rosalie Kicks, and this week, filling in for the red herring, I am proud to introduce my partner in crime and film pal, Movie John's best boy, Ben Leonard. That's me. In each episode, we take a question from our listeners and go to the movies for the answer. So Ben, long time no see.
0: Yes, it was just on the couch earlier.
1: (laughs) Just to kind of introduce everybody to Ben, Ben has been writing since the inception of Movie John, our print movie magazine and website. He started a column entitled Missed It, in which he would write about movies that gained much popularity when they came out but for some reason or another you had missed it right and so flash forward to today and you have covered film festivals on behalf of movie john and now serve as our fearless editor always ready to assist with whatever is needed whether it's figuring out the right postage to send out our most recent issue or engineering a way to ensure that the extra goodies i designed to accompany the zine make it safely to our readers. So we welcome you to the show. Thanks for joining. Thank you. As an avid listener to the show, you know that before we get to the question from the listener, we like to share what we've been watching lately, and we've deemed this segment flick picks. I'll kick things off. And in case some of our listeners are not aware, I wanted to share with you that the movie I picked this week is actually on sale from Criterion. Every summer, the Criterion Collection runs a sale at Barnes & Noble in which all of their titles are 50% off, and it's a great time to pick up some movies that you've had your eye on, or if there's been one on your watch list and you just want to take a chance on it. I wanted to mention a picture that Ben and I recently watched together that we had purchased from the sale, Heaven Can Wait. And it's a 1943 film, so don't get confused. There are several movies <laughs> with the same title.
0: There was the Warren Beatty one with the same name as well.
1: Yes, because I believe when we mentioned to other friends of ours that we were watching it, they thought we were watching the Warren Beatty one.
0: Yeah, he said it was, he thought it was a football movie. That was Clink. Yes.
1: Oh, right. This is the um, 1943 version. It is in color and it's directed by... Ernst Lubitsch, which I had to look up how to pronounce the name correctly, and apparently it is German. This movie stars Gene Tierney and Donna Michi, and I purchased the movie initially because of Gene Tierney. I was watching some, like, short little documentary that I think aired on, like, Biography Channel at some point. It was an extra on another movie we purchased. This movie had came up, and I had not heard of it, so when I saw it was a Criterion and on sale, I decided to take a chance with it, and I'm so glad I did. The movie tells the story of Henry Van Cleve, played by Donna Michi, who is definitely now a corpse of interest for me. (laughs) He passes on to the afterlife and finds himself reviewing his past life with Satan, and Basically, Henry believes that he belongs in hell due to his lifestyle and a lot of the misdeeds that he had,
0: mostly involving ladies.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. mostly involving ladies, and then he also like was part of a few like scams. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. Uh, but I really loved this movie, uh, especially again. I love pretty much anything Gene Tierney's in, and she plays his wife, Martha. To me, she is like the epitome of a silver screen actress, especially from that time. I I just love her. But I'm also just impressed with her range and the various types of roles that she took during her career. So one interesting fact, which happens to actually be personal to both Ben and I that I wanted to mention from this film, in the film, Henry's birthday falls on October 25th which also happens to be the day that him and Martha end up running off to get married, which is the day that Ben and I got married. A
0: magical coincidence.
1: (laughs) Yes, and I just felt that there were some coincidence, not that Ben was a womanizer, he is not, (laughs) but the coincidence being that their romance was a bit of a whirlwind, which was much how Ben and I fell in love, so it made me like the movie even more. Again, I just, I highly recommend checking it out. I'm not sure if it's streaming anywhere right now. I'm sure if you went to justwatch.com, you can see if it is. But again, it's definitely worth like the 20 bucks picking it up from the Criterion sale. And it did have some great features on it as well. We haven't gotten to explore many of them yet, but I'm also excited. We picked up another Lubitsch film, Clooney Brown. We haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited, especially after liking Heaven Can Wait so much.
0: Yeah, I wanted to say like about uh, Heaven Can Wait, it was just interesting to me because they age uh, Amici throughout the movie, which was uh, weird because having grown up in the 80s watching him in Cocoon or Oscar or Trading Places, like he already was old, and it was kind of funny how he looked the same, actually. like The, yes. the aging of him was actually eerily correct so it was kind of neat
1: it was very good makeup yes well ben what did you pick for your flick
0: uh i we went back and looked at uh rhymes for young ghouls which is a movie by jeff barnaby i first heard of him at toronto international film fest last year they had uh, his new movie, Blood Quantum, which is currently showing on Shutter, uh, playing, and I, that was my first time seeing that. That was a, a, a zombie movie that takes place uh, in, in an indigenous community in in uh, Ontario. And Jeff Barnaby is also indigenous. Rhymes for Young Ghouls was an interesting story. It takes place in the past in 1976. It, it was the with the uh, Micmac tribe and. They are kind of going through the horrors of the uh, residential schools of Canada for, for the indigenous peoples and how, harsh that was but it's also kind of a revenge flick and a horror and uh, the girl's dealing with the spirit of her dead mother and it's kind of creeping her out but it's also kind of inspiring at the same time and it was just a very neat movie and it was his feature debut so it was it was neat to see where he went from there to going on to blood quantum later on i know uh, rhymes for young ghouls is streaming right now on i think hoopla and canopy Yes, and uh, you can buy you can buy the DVD wherever it is you buy those things. And I would recommend. I'm actually having watched it streaming. I'm going to go out and buy it now. Uh, I was waiting until Blood Quantum came out for sale, which should be in September. But uh, oh, just get great. them together.
1: Yeah, I would. I also watched it with you and. I was impressed when you told me that none of the people were really actors. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, everybody's very limited with their with their uh, stuff, except for Glenn Gould. Is uh, he's fairly well known uh, as an actor, but uh, otherwise, yeah, it's pretty pretty uh, scarce as far as roles that a lot of these people have.
1: Also, just to go back to it being his feature debut, extremely impressive especially after myself just going through making a short film the fact that the guy attempted a feature like that it's again very impressive and highly recommend checking it out i do want to go and watch his other film blood quantum as ben said it's currently streaming on shutter i believe it's actually shutter purchased it so i don't know if it will be taken off the platform but You know, again, you can also pick up a DVD if you don't. I believe
0: it's September 1st is the release on that.
1: Awesome. So are you ready for this week's question? Sure. Great. Here it is. Dear I Saw It in a Movie, I am looking for some movie recommendations that are so bad they are good. Everything in the world sucks right now, and I could use a laugh with a side of comfort. What do you suggest? Your film pal from the internet, Trashy McGee. When I saw this question come through, what immediately came to mind was the Mitchum Mob movie nights that we have been having. Dear listeners, I will quickly describe what exactly I'm talking about, because you're probably like, what the hell is she saying? Well, Mitchum Mob Night is our regularly scheduled Saturday night film watching with a fellow movie genre, Nicholas Nelson who you, that name may sound familiar because he was a former guest on the show here in Episode 7, which I highly recommend if you didn't listen to it to go check it out. But myself, Ben, and Nick all have an affinity for Robert Mitchum, which we learned in watching movies together. So from there, the mob was born and we gather on Saturday evenings and we watch movies virtually using this awesome app, which actually Ben's brother introduced us to called Plex. And it's really awesome because they have this option called, I guess, Watch Together. Watch Together, yeah. And so if other friends of yours have the Plex app, and it's free. You can share whatever you're watching with them through this app. So it's pretty cool. And it's a great way to kind of spend time with people virtually. So we've kind of been utilizing it each weekend to choose different movies to watch. And for some reason, we've been finding much comfort in watching bad movies but they end up being rather silly so it's fun i immediately thought of because we've been watching quite a number of movies that center around when animals attack that it would be fun to like do that as a sort of like marathon so i was just going to highlight a few and ben feel free to interject sure. with your feelings on some of these oh, films i've got feelings <laughs> So the first one being Frogs, which is a 1972 movie. And I know we stumbled upon it because you picked up the DVD from like a thrift store or something.
0: Yeah, it was one of my travels. I can't remember if it was in um, North Philly or if it was in Sacramento, honestly. <laughs> but I found it, found it at a thrift store for very cheap.
1: This will happen quite often. I believe when I was like searching for things to watch that weekend I stumbled upon this movie mentioned it to Ben saw that Ray Milland was in it and immediately said we need to watch this and then Ben went down to our basement and he's like well we own it yep so that ended up being quite a lovely surprise but basically the movie is about a family and then some of their friends who descend on this like sprawling like estate i guess it's supposed to be like swampy like florida
0: yeah i i forget it's yes basically yes and it's wet and it is gross everybody's sweating yeah just dripping
1: So this rich dude uh, who is played by Ray Maland is celebrating his birthday and he happens to be wheelchair bound. So which is also very strange because not the wheelchair part, the part of he is like fully clothed and then like has a blanket and it's like so hot.
0: Yeah, he's wearing like a crisp white suit
1: with a blanket
0: on his lap Yes, in the sweltering Heat. heat. And humidity. He
1: is very determined to celebrate his birthday. Like, nothing is going to stand in the way. Whether there's a murder or any sort of mishap, it's not going to stop his birthday from happening. During the course of the film... Oh, and I didn't even mention it stars a very young Sam Elliott. Yes. Who, in reading... Sexy,
0: in tight denim. Yes, yes moist and oiled and and chiseled and he's he's ready to go.
1: Yes I actually read after we watched the film that I guess he had taken his shirt off a couple times in Frogs and that's what led him to getting a landing or landing a role in the movie Lifeguard.
0: Okay.
1: I guess someone (laughs) saw it and then was like we need this guy. Anyway during the course of the film the reptiles on the island begin to attack the people and we learn that the reason they're attacking is because miland has been like spraying this poisonous gas and so it's caused some sort of like mutation
0: yeah or rebellion i don't even know did they mutate or are they just pissy i don't know and it's like not just it's like (laughs) reptiles amphibians insects and birds are all like yeah acting up in different ways yeah
1: Something I really need to mention, because I think it's a good warning for listeners out there. This movie, I mean, it definitely has some wild moments. I found it very entertaining to watch. But don't be misled by the poster, because the poster shows this frog with a hand coming out of its mouth, which so immediately you think you're going to see frogs munching on people. And instead i don't think you see that once
0: no i mean if you want to spoil it the frogs don't kill anybody (laughs) right everybody it's all the other animals the frogs are like the masterminds behind it i feel like
1: yes like they're the ones that schemed and hatched the plans like oh i remember actually nick referring to them being basically as the charlie Manson. Or was it you? I'm sorry. It was uh, one of you.
0: I can't remember but either for sure.
1: that is a perfect way to summarize that because they aren't actually doing the misdeeds. They're just kind of lurking around watching them occur. But some other just interesting facts, as we mentioned, everyone is very sweaty during it. And I read that, I guess, apparently, Miland was wearing a toupee, and it kept sliding down because he was so hot during it. And he also really hated making the film, that he actually left like three days before the production even wrapped because he was just like, I'm done with this swamp. And so towards the end, they still had some scenes to shoot and they had to fill him in with the body double. Very fascinating to me. Now, as for watching this, I forget how Nick watched it. But I think
0: I, he also owned it, or he might have gotten it on Prime or something. I don't know.
1: I yes. that's Because he has Amazon Prime. Oh, right.
0: Because we both are what we paired it with. We both owned. But yes, this yes. one I think he watched on, on
1: yeah, Prime. Yeah. So definitely look out for that one. And then the other flick I wanted to mention was also from 1972 that we watched on a different weekend Night of the Lepus. In which giant mutant rabbits terrorize a southwest town, and this movie was so bad.
0: Yeah, this one was hard for me to actually. I I personally didn't take much joy out of this one. Frogs, I would had it was fun for me for how bad it was, but yeah, Night of the Lepus, I was mostly for me, I was it was a bit snoozy.
1: The enjoyment comes from watching it with you guys because of our comments back and forth. Plus the rabbits are like so adorable (laughs) and you will find yourself like rooting for the rabbits because the people are very dumb. It really shocks me. It stars Janet Lee and also DeForest Kelly, who is Bones, for those that don't know Star Trek. I am surprised that they were in this. I mean, I guess everybody needs to make money, so.
0: Yeah, we've actually been watching a lot of DeForest Kelly movies unintentionally lately. We just watched Warlock with Widmark and Henry Fonda. Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: noticed a stunning occurrence that Forrest Kelly is almost always wearing some sort of kerchief or neck decoration or cravat. I don't know why, but (laughs) it seems to be common for him. And then I look back at Star Trek photos and, like, his collar was often higher. He was wearing like a turtleneck many times.
1: Is he hiding something?
0: I don't maybe he has a extra head growing out of his neck. I don't know. It's <laughs> it, it could be it could maybe he's just chilly. I don't know.
1: I don't know, but I do find them to be his neckerchiefs are rather stylish. And he also seems to know how to tie them just perfectly. So Yeah,
0: I wonder if he brings his own onto set or
1: I don't or know. What have you. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, Night of the Lepus, I I think it's fun if you watch it with a bunch of people. It's not something, and with a drink, of course, I don't think it's something that you would want to just put on by yourself solo. Unless maybe you're looking to take a nap. Because...
0: Yeah, it's snoozy. Snoozy.
1: But it's definitely, I mean, just seeing the rabbits, I think, makes it worth it. And lastly, the other, I guess creature feature that i'm going to mention and i feel like i'm mentioning this mainly because ryan isn't here i can speak freely without being criticized i or, don't know
0: about that
1: or rudely <laughs> interrupted with sighs, and that is the 1978
0: film matilda i wouldn't say it's a when an animal's attack creature feature style film I mean he well, does box but
1: let's let the listeners decide
0: I did enjoy this movie don't get me wrong but it's nonsense and it's bad this fit it fits the mold very much
1: so I feel it is an animal's attack and I'll tell you why because it tells the amazing story of a boxing kangaroo that I've mentioned previously on the show and it stars Robert Mitchum
0: I mean could I interject just briefly to say it does not star a kangaroo. It stars a person in a kang- <laughs> in a poorly crafted kangaroo suit, which is part of the humor and joy of watching this. Well, I'm not going to deny that.
1: I agree to disagree that <laughs> it is a beautiful and stunning costume. Is it? Yes. <laughs> but the movie also stars Elliot Gould and a bunch of other people. And I did want to mention As you know, go back to what Ben just said, it is a person dressed as a kangaroo. And I actually looked up this person, and his name is Gary Morgan. He's from New Jersey, so like right up the road. And he does so many stunts in Hollywood, I didn't even realize he is in so many of my favorite films. The Burbs, he did stunts for, The Artist. And Troop Beverly Hills.
0: <laughs> and Troop Beverly Hills.
1: I don't know. I just don't feel you can have an animal movie marathon without Matilda.
0: Also, you didn't mention Mitchum's in it.
1: No, I did. Oh, did? oh I, you did. I, I missed that. Sorry. It stars I, well, I
0: re- I Robert you saying Mitchum. Elliot Gould and a whole bunch of other people. I missed that you said Robert Mitchum. But there's Roy Clark as well. Yes.
1: Yeah. Now, this movie is streaming on Tubi, so that's free. It does of course if you watch on tubi have some ads but honestly well worth it well worth it and (laughs) one day ryan will watch this
0: i don't know if you'll get that to happen
1: (laughs) i'll I'll keep trying so ben what did you pick for our listener
0: well i i picked Greasy Strangler, and while I wouldn't exactly count this as bad, just like I suppose you don't count Matilda as bad necessarily, but I I I would I would argue that the Greasy Strangler actually is a well crafted film that is just made intentionally to be one hundred percent nonsense and garbage. So so, it's, and you've watched this with me several times, but as well, it's it's something I've gone back to over the past year since Hunter. also a writer for movie john in, introduced us to it and it is just a strange tale of a man and his son that give historical disco tours kind of except it's again all prob all, it's all nonsense and how they're trying to track down the greasy strangler who is killing people around town but it is a man covered in grease that is strangling people the greasy strangler hence the title warning (laughs) it's an offensive film all the way through but not in any specific way just it offends the senses it's violent it's crude there's basically it's dicks and farts and and it's uh non-stop throughout the movie but for some reason it's a highbrow dick and fart
1: maybe i don't know well two things that i want to say about it one especially after just recently watching polyester the john waters film which for anyone that's not watched it it comes with this scratch and sniff card
0: the criterion edition Yes. yes
1: called an odorama And during the film, numbers flash up, and then you scratch this card, and it's basically having you smell what the character's smelling. Oh, my God. I am so glad the Greasy Strangler director did not know about that. (laughs) Because, as Ben said, it is an offense to your senses. Like, as you're watching it, you can imagine, like, what some of the things smell like or taste like
0: and the textures like the, te- the yeah. way the way it's the way it's shot is is very nice and it and it really gives a lot of detail to all of these disturbing images it, so it it you feel like you're there almost yes it's that's part of the quote magic of it i suppose
1: and the second thing that i wanted to mention about it is the first time i watched this movie I really did not like it at all,
0: yeah, I was torn between hating it and loving it, and I honestly on a rewatch have enjoyed it more and more because i you know, I really didn't know what it was trying to say and and if it was trying to say anything, and I think that's where I kind of settled on it's it's not especially a message movie at all it's it's really just there to be bizarre and to just shut off your brain from all the other garbage in the world and just immerse yourself in this other terrible world
1: yeah and to go back to you know the saying that the first time i watched it i i was pretty disgusted by it and thought i'm never watching this again and then it just like wouldn't leave my head
0: some of this the music i think the music yeah is so simple and so weird and so captivating that it just gets into you.
1: Yes and then you also like I also found that Ben and I were kind of parroting some of the lines from it especially the father and son used the term bullshit artist like throughout the movie. Constantly. Constantly and Then it just became part of our vocabulary shortly after seeing the movie, which then was like, you know what? Maybe I want to revisit that. Which then led to us buying a Blu-ray copy. And then (laughs) later, Ben ended up buying the soundtrack. Yes. And And Hunter
0: got me a sweet patch for my jacket that says bullshit artist.
1: So it really is one of those films that just like a fungus latches on and it just grows on you to the point that i think it, ben has now given it like a pretty high rating on letterbox <laughs> I think out, of, out of
0: five i gave it a four i think
1: because initially you went back and you're like wow the first time i only gave it this like
0: a three three and a half yeah i've, I've definitely bumped it up a point or half a point or something like that from from what i originally had, had rated it
1: so i think it fits perfectly into this listener's question because it is one of those it's so bad that it's good
0: yeah but it's not a it's not bad in like the concept of badly made it's bad as in everything that the assault on your eyes and your and your morals and your senses that that it is just you feel bad for liking it because of like how degenerate it is
1: well Something, though to mention about it though is the acting is very good oh yeah because yeah. and i'm i didn't look up her name but
0: the hootie tootie disco cutie
1: yes she is fantastic the
0: uh, yeah, character's name is janet and the actress's name is elizabeth Durazzo.
1: yeah i've never seen her in other She's things been in
0: a few things because i've looked her up before but i um i don't remember off the top of my head what they are okay uh, yeah, nothing else I've ever seen. Just, uh, oh, A uh, Boy Called Sailboat that came out, I believe, last year or the year before.
1: Okay, um, I remember that. I didn't watch didn't the movie, it, yeah. but I remember it coming out. Yeah, She's Great, and then also the father.
0: Michael St. Michael's, yeah.
1: Who plays Big Ronnie. Big Ronnie. Yeah. I don't, again, Greasy Strangler, I'm sure you can find it streaming out there. Uh,
0: it's on Hoopla and Canopy as well.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. So, those are two great services if you don't know about them. Look them up. You can get access through your public library. and M- they...
0: Many public libraries have it. Yeah. Not all, but yes.
1: And they're free. Uh, so now the only caveat is that you can only take out like so many borrows it, per month. It
0: depends on um, what your lo- your public libraries um, deal with them is. Okay,
1: But it's nice because there's no ads. So right. you don't have to deal with that.
0: Yeah, I think uh, this... If this were interrupted with ads, it would actually be less enjoyable. Like it I yeah. think I feel like it would take away from it because you really get immersed in in the grease of the greasy strangler.
1: Which actually one last thought on it, I would not recommend eating during it.
0: Uh I mean only if you like to dunk your dog in grease. <laughs>
1: Before we sign off, don't forget you can find a breakdown of the episodes on moviejohn.com under MJ Podcasts, where you can also subscribe to our quarterly print movie zine. Our next issue's theme is circuses, carnivals, and state fairs, so please make sure to visit moviejohn.com shop to subscribe for home delivery. You can also follow us on social media, we are on Twitter at I Saw It in a Movie. And if you're seeking movie advice, send us your questions at dear I in a movie at gmail.com. Or if you're into snail mail, I know I am, you can also write to us at PO Box two oh one seven two Philadelphia PA one nine one four five attention movie john. Ben, where can people find you on the internet?
0: um at moviejohn.com i'm an occasional writer there i have letterboxed that i uh i rate everything that i watch and usually give a small blurb about what i thought of it at the time maybe a sentence <laughs> that's about it yeah
1: and you're on twitter too i
0: am on twitter occasionally and on, on facebook um, spouting nonsense usually
1: <laughs> well you can find me on instagram at the dot old sport or twitter at bonjour old sport also check out my other podcast cinematic crypt in which i go six feet under to uncover films of hollywood's past find it wherever you catch your pods or for download at moviejohn.com under mj pods so before we go we like to leave our listeners with a piece of advice and do you want me to go first sure go ahead okay So my advice is compliments of Duke Parkhurst, played by Robert Mitchum in Matilda. And he said, I love this animal. And I'm telling you, if you watch Matilda, you too will love that animal. And it will bring a (laughs) smile to your face. And that's my advice.
0: Or a look of terror.
1: (laughs) Again, I disagree. But that's okay.
0: My advice is from the hot dog vendor in The Greasy Strangler, in which he states, It's not safe to use too much oil. I could, I repeat, I could lose my license.
1: That scene is particularly gross.
0: It's great. (laughs) Well,
1: thank you, Ben, for joining me today. I really appreciate you filling in for Ryan. Certainly. Maybe you'll come back when Ryan's back on. Or he might fire me after (laughs) listening to this. Eh,
0: It'll be fine.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, for every question, there is a movie with the answer. Bye.
0: Bye Bye-bye.